Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. 1 Timothy 6. And uh, we want to continue with this that we have been on, understanding how to fight the fight of faith, part five. And uh, we've, we've been ministering this. And I'll tell you when this came up to me. Uh, you know, uh, faith is something that uh, obviously, you know, the Bible says you can't please God without it. Uh, it's something that's essential to what, we, to what we as believers do, the lives that we live. We're supposed to walk by faith, live by faith. And, uh, but here's, here's what I've, I've noticed is, and uh, many times what happens is people will get in a challenging situation. And knowing that I need faith and knowing that I need to operate faith is different than knowing how. All right. For instance, I've uh, I've been to the the gun range before, and you know, at, at at most gun ranges, you know, people can just walk in off the street, pay the money, shoot the gun. But I've been standing next to some people before. I'm like, they don't know how to shoot the gun. <laughs> right. right. Amen. Because, because anybody can, hear me, anybody can shoot a gun. Everybody doesn't know how to shoot a gun. Right? There, there's a difference between going uh, fishing and knowing how to fish. I've run into people before and they say, oh, fishing's boring. They don't know how. Right, fishing is not just getting in the boat or sitting on the dock or the or the 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 uh, bank and putting a line in the water. Amen. You need to know where they're at. You need to know where they're biting. You need to know what bait to use. Right. I mean, you don't you don't ever go fishing with a fisherman with one lure. Right? Or one worm. Amen. Are you following me? And so there's a difference between seeing somebody that knows how to fish and seeing somebody that's fishing. There's a difference in seeing somebody that knows how to work their faith and somebody that knows about faith. Amen. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto you're called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now, there's two things to see here right away. A lot of believers, they focus on that first word, fight. Fight, fight, fight. And they fight, and they sing songs about fighting, and they preach messages about fighting, and they're fighting, and they're fighting, and they're fighting. Well, it's there. But it says that there's a fight that I'm supposed to fight. It's the good fight of, of, of faith. Not fight the good fight for faith. Why does it say of and not for Because this is a fight of faith. It's not a fight for faith. It's a fight from the position of faith. Not a fight for the position of faith. Hallelujah. And he says fight the good fight of faith. The word good is defined as beautiful. Beautiful to look at. Excellent. So when you look at that, in other words, what he's saying is when you see somebody that knows what they're doing, 
in the fight of faith, it's beautiful to watch. Because they know how to use their faith. Everybody, I should, I started to say once to, everybody, every believer should desire to get to that place where I know how to use my faith to the extent that it's beautiful to watch. Amen. 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 Because you, you, you talk to different people about the fight of faith and what's their definition. And some definitions are, you got to hold on. <laughs> right? Hold on. That's not in that verse. It doesn't say fight the good fight of a hold on. Faith is not a holding on. It's a standing on. Not holding on. I'm standing on. Amen. And then other people say, well, I'm in the fight of faith. Just don't know what the Lord wants me to learn. How to use your faith. That's what he wants you to learn. How to use your faith. You know, there's a, there, <laughs> that, that old song that says trials only come to make me strong, that's not a scripture. That's a song. Not a scripture. You cannot find one place in the Bible where it says your trial came to make you strong. It's not there. Oh, he said the trying of our faith was more precious than gold. The trying of your faith. In other words, the more you use your faith, the more it's going to grow. And that is more precious to you than anything. Why? Because it takes faith to receive from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? And so, so religion creeps in, and you, you got people fighting a fight, and it's not the fight of faith. And they use some faith principles, and they use some faith statements, and they'll even make statements like, well, I'm believing God. Well, are you? I'm not saying you. I'm saying that this person, this hypothetical, <laughs> fake person. That's what you want to say. Are you? Well, I'm believing God, but no, are you? There's no but in faith. There's no but in faith. I'm going to show you that in just a moment. This is important. And uh, then he goes on. Uh, the Woos Bible says, be constantly engaging in the contest of the faith, which is marked by its beauty of technique. A lot of times believers get their focus on the fight and off their technique. Right. You got to keep your faith technique good. Hallelujah. I, I was reading uh, an outline that I had from probably almost 10 years ago, and I was talking about the faith technique. So it's, it's not anything we're preaching new. You don't just close your eyes and swing. Remember what Paul said? He said, I don't, he said, I fight sure. I don't fight like a shadow boxer, somebody that's swinging at the air. I don't beat the air for nothing. I, I want to connect. Right? But what you see a lot of believers do, trouble comes, they get in a faith fight, and they go like this. <laughs> that I shut just windmilling, hoping I connect. Right? That's frustrating. Because faith is surety. Faith is assurance. Amen. Right? That's why the Bible, in, in describing faith in Ephesians 6, it said when you put the shield of faith out in front of you, remember what it says? It says it will quench at 90%. What? Oh, is that assurance? Right? What, what Brother Brian just said about that, the, the, per, the young person that we're sponsoring, he said, it's taken care of. Well, he didn't say 10% of it. Right? He, you understand what I mean? All of it. It's all taken care of. All of it. That's assurance. So that means that, that Pastor Ron can now go to those students and say, everybody's paid for. Everybody's paid for. That's assurance. And what does that child do? They start preparing like everything's paid for. Amen. 
right? When, when you know and you're sure in the fight of faith, you're prepared to win when the fight starts. You're not trying to win. You're ready to win when the fight starts. You're planning the victory party because it's a fight of faith and I know how to use my faith and because I know how to use my faith, I always win. Why? 1 John 5, 4 says faith is victory. Amen. And that's why you'll hear songs like this. Well, I'm going to see a victory. What do you mean? You're going to. You're going to see. I thought you were in victory. Faith is the victory. Are you in faith? Yeah, then you got the victory. What what does that mean? You may not see it. You, You may not be experiencing it. But you're in faith, so you have victory. Glory to God. I've done it. I've preached myself happy. Amen. Faith knows. Faith knows. If you you think of the two statements, I think versus I know. Right? If somebody comes and they say, hey, are, are you coming over to the house tomorrow night? Well, I think so. What are you going to say? Look, I need to know. Are you coming over? Right? And if they say, I think, then I'm, not, I'm really not going to prepare. Or at least I'm going to call them again. Look, I asked you and you said you thought you were coming. Are you coming or not? What do you need to hear? I'll be there. Right? But if you ask somebody, are you coming over? And they go, oh yeah, I'll be there. I know, I'm coming. Yeah, on, on my calendar, on my planner. Well, then you mark them down. You, you, you prepare for them. Is that right? Hallelujah. Your words, if, if you only think, now, now understand what I'm saying. If you only think your words have power, you'll still speak words of doubt. You got to know your words have power. Hallelujah. If you know your words have power, you'll watch your words. Now, so I think versus I know. Look at 2 Corinthians 4. I think versus I know. Tell your neighbors, I'm learning how to fight the fight of faith. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Paul says, We having the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith David had, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he was raised up, the Lord Jesus will raise us up also by Jesus and present us with you. Paul is referring to faith in the fact that believers will be raised from the dead by Jesus. Right, that's, that's what he's referring to. And notice he uses the word know. Knowing. Knowing. In other words, we know that God will raise us up and present us with you. If we die and we go by way of the grave, here's what we know. Here's what we know. Not what I think, not what would be nice. This is what I know. Amen. See, you've got to know. Faith knows. In in, in the fight of faith, you cannot be unsure about what you're fighting with. Amen. Amen. People are moved away from victory because of insecurity, because of not being sure. And I don't have time to go into all the verses and turn there. But go through the Bible sometime, the, the epistles, and read about all the people that were fully persuaded. Amen. Staggered not. Right? What, what is that? That is knowing. When Abraham took Isaac, 
uh, to Mount Moriah. Hebrews 11 explains it to us. Old Testament doesn't explain it. Hebrews explains it. Romans explains it. He took uh, Isaac to Mount Moriah and put him on the altar. And Hebrews says he took him accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead. That's knowing that God will do what he said. Amen. And so he, he, was, he was under this conviction that if I've got to follow through with this, because I'm in covenant with God, there's a blood covenant between me and God. He's my covenant partner. He needs my son, and God did meet his son. He needs my son, and if I've got to go through with it, he said that in me, in my seed, would all nations of the earth be blessed. And he's already told me, now watch, he's already told me that, that Ishmael is not the chosen seed. He told me Isaac is the covenant child. I am very, I am too old to have another child. Sarah is too old to have another child. God miraculously produced this child. Amen. Although Abraham did go ahead and have six more. But anyway, he got renewed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Put that in the Journal of American Medicine. Anyway, the point is, the point is, he knew that's what God said. Whether he could have other children or not was not the point. The point was God said twice, in Isaac shall your seed be called. Right? right? Not in Ishbab or Bonad or whatever. In Isaac. Are you following me? And he knew if I've got to follow through with this, God will raise Isaac from the dead. Faith knows God will go to whatever length He needs to go to to produce in your life what He promised you. And that's why faith never wears out. Faith never tires. Faith never gives up. Amen. It just keeps working and working and working and working and working. If you don't give up, your faith doesn't give up. Oh, glory. Amen. Look at Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, by definition, is this. Conviction of the truth of anything, or being convinced that something's true. It's the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. It means the conviction of the truth of anything, or being convinced that anything is true. Whatever you believe is true, you have faith in. It's important. All right? And then he says, now faith, the conviction that something is true, is the substance The substance. That word is a setting under, a thing put under, a substructure, a foundation. So he says the conviction that something is true is the substructure, the thing that's set under you, the foundation. Faith is the substructure, the foundation, the thing set under, the bridge. This is important. And then he said it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence Of things not seen. Evidence is simply proof by which a thing is proved or tested. Proof by which a thing is proved or tested. So the conviction that something's true gives me a foundation, something on which to rest. I know I have faith in my heart when I know. I have to know it by faith. Faith does not operate on natural human revelation and knowledge. Faith operates by revelation knowledge. And that's what, that, that, is, that is part of what gives you this assurance. There are people trying to operate faith by natural knowledge and that will never work. Because faith is supernatural. It's given supernaturally, it comes supernaturally, it operates supernaturally. 
And so faith, if, if there are many people that are depending on their assurance from faith, but they're looking for an outward sign. Faith, which is born of revelation knowledge, doesn't look for a natural sign. It only is moved and only empowered and only strengthened by what God said. Because faith comes by hearing the Word. Right? Comes by hearing the Word. Glory to God. And so I know I have faith in my heart when I know. Now, whenever you come to the place of knowing, I don't know when you come to the place of knowing. I don't know how it is for you, but I know how it is for me. I just know. Amen. And, and you know, we, Pastor Michelle and I have been living by faith for almost 30 years. This is what we do. And I had to come to the place of knowing. And, and when you live by faith, and, and hear what I mean by this. When you operate by faith, you can, you, can, you can readily recognize when someone else is operating by faith and when someone's operating by principles of faith. Amen. You can hear it in her voice. I had a person call me one time. And, and God brought them out. I will tell you, God brought them out. And, you know, I tell stories like this, and sometimes people think I'm, I'm a little hard or, or, or brusque with people, and I'm not. But they called me, and, and they were telling me what was going on. And uh, they said, you know, I've been declaring these scriptures and this, that, and the other. But on the phone with them, and I said to them, I said, okay, that, that's good. I said, but uh, I detect a little fear in your voice. People say, how would you know that? Fear doesn't sound like faith. They don't sound the same. But you got to know what faith sounds like to know what fear sounds like. Amen. I've learned to ascertain. And no one's 100%, you understand. But I've learned to ascertain when somebody's in presumption, mental assent. Hallelujah. Well, what's the good word? Oh, everything's fine. Everybody's healed, doing fine. Based on what scripture? I asked a person that one time. Based on what scripture? And and God brought them out. They got over in faith. God brought them out. But here's here's what I'm trying to say. That was not me being rude. That was not me being uh, uh, harsh. Wait a minute. You're in a life and death fight here. That isn't faith. And there are people that will get offended because you say you're not operating your faith. Well, don't tell me. Okay, all right. But if I recognize, listen, in, in whatever area you go to, if you go to an expert, if you call an expert electrician out to your house to fix an electrical problem, best thing for you to do is go sit down and let him work. Don't tell him what you think. Right? You hired them because they, they what? They know. Right? I mean, I don't understand. I flip this light switch and the garage door opens. Well, you got a problem. Call somebody who knows. Don't get out there and start flipping breakers. Unscrewing wires. We'll have somewhere to go. Your funeral. Amen. You need to know. You need, you need to know. And when the expert says, this is what I know, what do you do? You perk up your ears. You listen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I had to call a guy out one time because I would, uh, I would uh, uh, start to I'd pull up to the, the garage and I'd hit the button in my car and it, it'd go up about halfway and then come down. Well, I'm not a garage man. I don't know. See, see what I said? I don't know. And Pastor Michelle would say, well, what's the problem? And I'd say, well, I don't know. And she'd say, well, here's what I think. (laughs) 
You know what you're thinking inside, right? You don't know nothing about garage door openers. Right? Well, maybe you can get up there and, and jiggle this. No, honey, we're not jiggling anything. We're <laughs> no jiggling going on. Right? I mean, guys, you know how it is. You don't need Google. Your wife knows everything. It's, it's, it's on my Bible. Oh, it's on your Bible. <laughs> so what did I do? I got on the phone and called somebody that's an expert. Right? He came out to the house. He walked in the garage. Took two minutes, literally, maybe not even two minutes. Oh, there's your problem. Right? You got a broken you got 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 a, got a broken spring. Right? Amen. That was the problem. Literally 20 minutes later, I had a brand new garage door. Why? Because he knew I could here's the word. I could have kept fighting with that garage door because I didn't know. But when I got somebody that knew the problem was fixed in moments. Amen. Amen. When you know that you know that you know that you know, you're in faith. Amen. I just know it. And it won't make sense to some people. They, they won't be able to figure it out. Amen. Don't get upset with them. They just don't know faith. I can see when somebody's operating in faith, I know it. Because they're in faith. Amen. There, there are people that will come up and give in faith. And I just know that's a faith seed. That's not just a seed. That's not just honoring God. That's, that it is, but it's a faith seed. They're attaching their faith to it. Why? It has a different feel. It has a different look. It, ha- it has a different spiritual odor to it. it, it it's different than somebody just doing it. Amen. Do, do you see that? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. For, for a, 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 a period of time, not real long, but a period of time, uh, I drove a fuel truck. And uh, I drove a, a, a Bobcat-style fuel truck. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, uh, uh, but they wanted to, uh, to move me up to the 18-wheeler fuel truck. Well, I wasn't that interested in driving a fuel truck. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they took me out and, and were training me some. And, you know, here, here's the thing. You know, there used to be this old country music song that said, give me 40 acres and I'll turn this rig around. Yep. I understand what they mean. <laughs> right? Because you, you see somebody driving down the highway jamming gears and going there and they're passing people and, and, you know, it just, oh, it just looks easy. It's not easy. Right. Dave, am I right? right? You have to be trained to do it. Right? Amen. Because just because someone says, I know, well, let's get up in the cab and see if you know. Just because you drove trucks on Grandpa's farm doesn't mean we're going to turn you loose in Olathe. (laughs) Right? I mean, think about that. And, and, and there's an accident, and the trainer goes, well, he said he knew. That's not going to work. What do you mean he said he knew? Am I helping you with this? Amen. Faith knows. And somebody that knows gets in that situation, and they're comfortable. They know what to do with this switch, and what to do with this, and, and they know what these things are. If you've, if you've ever walked into a commercial jetliner and looked into the cockpit, you realize real quick, I don't know anything about flying this bird. I hope he does. Right? Because there's, there, what's that do? You know, I, I don't know. You know, you just pass out looking at all this, ooh, over. <laughs> better not, I better not be the guy they call if the pilot falls out, don't call me. I don't know. I'll pray in tongues and do something, right? I, but it's, it's this knowing. It's this knowing. 
I know I have faith in my heart when I know, and I have to know it by faith. Now, Hebrews 11 and verse 13. Notice this. It says concerning the heroes of faith, they all died in faith or according to faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, they were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So they were, notice, they were persuaded of them. They saw the promise. Notice, it says they didn't receive the promises. The promises of what? The promises of the Messiah. The promise that, every, that, that Abraham never saw his seed cover the whole earth. Sarah never saw kings and, and, and princes come from her lineage. She never saw that. But it says they embraced it. They were persuaded of them. And they embraced them and they confessed. Amen. So they saw the promise. They saw it. The, the faith sees the invisible. And the invisible realm is a parallel realm to the visible realm. It's parallel. Runs parallel. And it's, it, the space between them is real thin. Between what you can see and what you can't see. Because everything in faith exists. It already exists. When, when you're in faith, for instance, about your finances, God doesn't have to go print more money. It already exists. Hebrews 11.3, our foundation scripture for our entire ministry. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which were made did not come from the things which do appear. I heard somebody the other day, a, a, a well-rounded minister, popular minister, and he said, uh, God created the world out of nothing. No, he didn't. He created the world out of things that existed in the realm of faith. Because it says he didn't create it out from things that are seen. So what you need is not maybe in a realm you can see it, but it exists. It just exists in the realm of faith. Well, how do I get it from the realm of faith to the realm of the visible? You've got to know. You've got to know. See, they were persuaded. Remember what it said about Moses? It said, by faith, Moses forsook the house of Egypt because he was willing to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And it said he endured as what? As seeing him who is invisible. You can't see something that's invisible unless you're looking through the eyes of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. So someone will say, well, what... Where is what I need? In the realm of faith. And, and the only way I'm going to see it is to know it. You just, you just know it. Hallelujah. And, and, and they were persuaded. They, they, were, they, they were convinced they were true. They, they were convinced. They assented to the evidence of God's Word. That's what you do. You assent to the evidence that's in the Word. Amen. This is true. This is right. Because it's in the Word. Amen. Amen. You, you understand? That's how you know. How do I know I'm the healed of the Lord? Because I choose to believe what the Word says about me. This is a picture that you can lay eyes on of everything that's in the invisible realm that you can't see in the natural. You get a preview of it right here in the Word. And when you see it in the Word, you're seeing what is on the other side of that parallel realm in the, in the arena of faith. And so when, you, when you're in the Word, that's why faith comes by hearing the Word. Faith comes by hearing the Word. And the more you hear the word, what happens? The more you know. Amen. For, for instance, when you got saved, 
Now, there may have been a feeling, and understand what I mean by that. There may have been a feeling that came with your salvation, a, uh, uh, an excitement, a, a relief, right? But nobody in here can tell me how it feels to be saved. Because salvation is not a feeling. It's a knowing. I know I'm saved. Well, how do you know? I just know. I know I believed in my my heart and confessed with my mouth that Jesus was Lord. And the Bible says if I did that, I'm saved. Right? And people that know the devil can't beat them up with shame. He can't beat them up with condemnation. He can't beat them up with their failures because they know. They know they're saved. Amen. Do you see that? That's why faith and works will never go together. Faith has works, but not to be saved. Not to receive from God. There's no work you've got to do to receive from God. You've got to believe to receive from God. You've got to have faith to receive from God. Amen. Well, if I only did more of this. No, no, no. you just got to know more. Oh, Hallelujah. They assented to the evidence of God's Word. The promise brought inward certainty to them. The Word of God should bring an inward certainty to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why when you're in a fight of faith, you, you and, and I'm going to keep saying this, you want to find those scriptures that you can take and use like a tool in that circumstance. A lot, a lot of times in the fight of faith, people are trying to throw everything in the kitchen sink at the circumstance. And, and you might be better off using those, those things that you're very familiar with. Right? David and Goliath, one, one of the three pivotal moments in, in, the, in the Old Testament. And it's a story of faith. David did not go out and face Goliath in armor that he wasn't familiar with. Now that doesn't mean the armor wasn't good. You know Saul had the best armor. Doesn't mean the armor wasn't good. But what did David say? I have not proven these. So what did he do? He took his shepherd's staff and his shepherd's sling and five smooth stones. David wasn't going, David didn't have a death wish. David went out there in faith. David was the only spiritual man on the battlefield. He was the only man in faith in the whole battlefield. Everybody else was looking at the giant. David was looking at God. Saul said, you can't defeat him. And David said, let me tell you what I know. Let me tell you what I know. I know a lion came and took a lamb out of my flock. And I know I chased him down. And I know I grabbed him by the beard and I killed him. Let me tell you what else I know. I know a bear came and took a lamb and I know I killed him. And he said, let me tell you what else I know. I know that this guy will be like one of them. It's what I know. It's what I know. If David would have went out there seeking glory or just trying to make a name for himself, we'd have read and Goliath cut his head off. And he made a pretty corpse. But David went in faith. He went on what he knew. People say, well, you know those five smooth stones, what they represent? I don't know. You understand what I'm trying to say? People say, well, it's a five-fold ministry. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. The Bible doesn't tell you. That'll hurt your faith. Trying to figure out why he chose five. Why didn't he choose one? Why didn't he choose three? I don't know. But but here's what I know. It only took one. It's what I know. Amen. And notice what David did. Every time Goliath responded to him, every time Goliath said, am I a dog that they sent a, 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 a child out to me with sticks and stones? Today, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull your bones apart and feed them to the birds of the air. Right? 
Goliath was talking out of his natural human ability. David started prophesying. Let me tell you something. You come to me with a sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the God of the armies of Israel that you have defied this day. I'm out here in faith. I got a cause. You don't have a cause. I got a cause. I know something that you don't know. You're big and you're blusterous and you're well-armed, but I know something that you don't know. Amen. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm telling you that this day, today, today, God will deliver you into my hand. And I will cut your head off. And I'll feed your body to the birds of the air. And then he said, then he said, and then I'm coming after all y'all. Read it. That's what he said. And I, then he said, the Lord will deliver the hosts of the Philistines into my hand. He knew. He knew. Hallelujah. And the man that knew won the day. That was the fight of faith. Are you following me? Woo! That was worth combing your hair and coming to church for. You, you'll never do anything by faith without being persuaded. You've got to be persuaded. You've got to know that you know that you know. Understand, faith is not a feeling. Faith can be resonant with no feeling. Knowing is not a feeling. Well, how, how do you know you know? I just know. Well, how does knowing feel? I, I just know. Right? And how do you know? You know because faith has come. Mm. Uh, John 16, notice this. Am I helping you? Mm. Well, y'all are easy to preach to. He says, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. If I do not go away, the Comforter will not come. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he's come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them. Now, the word reprove is convince. Convince. So he'll convince the world of sin. Now here's a very simple illustration. When, when you were not born again, before you got saved, ever how you heard the message of salvation in church, on the street, wherever it was, when the word came to you, the Holy Spirit convinced you that you were a sinner. Amen. Didn't condemn you. He convinced you that you were a sinner. And once I was convinced, notice, once I was convinced, I knew I had to put my faith in Christ. But once I was convinced, there's no going back. Amen. When you were convinced, it could have took a little while or not not a while or whatever. May have took you a day or two. I've known, I've known people that heard the word. And, and the Holy Spirit just kept working on them, working on them, working on them. They didn't get saved that first night. But, but the next night or the night after that, they gave their heart to Christ. Why? Because they became convinced. Amen. Amen. When, amen. When you're reading a scripture, the Holy Ghost will use that same convincing to convince you that what the word says belongs to us. That's when you know faith has come is when I'm convinced that what the Word says is what belongs to me. Now, there's still that element of of learning how to use it and and learning how to walk it out. But I got to know when faith comes. Because faith is not a leap. Faith is not just doing something that makes no sense. I'll talk to people and they'll say, well, you know, uh, I'm I'm believing for this and it's going to cost this much money. Well, how much do you have? Nothing. Well, be careful. Because that may not be faith. God, even in your walk of faith, God will give you a strategy. 
He'll give you a strategy, a way to do things. Amen. Now, we like those stories. You know, God told me to go off this million-dollar building, and we didn't have a dime in, in, the, in, the, in the account. Now, that's wonderful, and God does that. God's done that for us. When God, when God told us to, to go on, on, on VTN, to go on television, we didn't have a dime to go on television, nothing, nothing. But I knew it was right. Right? Now, that's not the case the whole, all the time. Don't take that one instance and apply that to every faith fight you get into. Well, you know, pastor didn't have no money. Okay, but that's, that's, that's how God dealt with me. And I was at a place in faith to do it. Amen. You follow me? Yeah. That same convincing. God, God's word is proof of his intention to bring to pass what he said. That's important. When you're walking in faith, you've got to understand that God's word is proof of his intention to bring it to pass because, because he, he wrote it down. You can, you can go back to that scripture and show him where he promised. Now that's important because that's proof of his intention to bring it to pass in your life. God's word on anything is final. That's it. Amen. That's, what, that's what revolutionized my life. Pastor Michelle was, was working nights. She was working at, at Price Chopper all those years ago. And, uh, and I was working uh, days in, in, at uh, Blue Cross. And I would come home and she would have to go in and work night shift. And uh, I would keep the kids, and I'd put the kids to bed and study the Word. And uh, I was flipping through the Scriptures one night, and I came across John 17, 17. And it said, Sanctify them through your Word. Your Word is truth. And I'll never forget, I put my left hand on John 17, 17, raised my right hand to God, and I said, From this day forward, I choose to believe that every word in this book is absolute truth. Revolutionized my life. Because from then on, I made the decision. If I see it in the Word, it's truth. Faith sees as real fact what you read in the Word. Amen. And that's why people in faith sometimes, I made the statement earlier, that they don't, they don't make sense to other people. Now, faith, understand this, faith isn't braggadocious. Faith doesn't run around talking about how much it's doing. Faith is not quitting your job and hoping you make it. I don't know why people in faith always think they've got to walk away from their job. I believe the Lord told me to quit my job. Well, you might not eat. The Bible says, man, don't work, you don't eat. There's not one scripture in the Bible that tells me to feed you because you're in faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. You better faith some food in. Yeah, but I got kids. Well, we'll feed your kids. You just stay in faith. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, nobody's doing that, but you understand what I mean. Hallelujah. So, they're, they're, they're faith, faith, faith says God's word is final. The word is eternal. Jesus said three different times, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The, the word of God is eternal. Now, why is that important? If God's word is eternal, then his ability to bring his word to pass is eternal. If the word is eternal, God's ability to bring it to pass is eternal. Amen. Hallelujah. And you've got, listen, you've got to get to the place in your faith where you do, you do things for God quick. Amen. Your faith grows to the point that you receive by faith quicker. Right. Amen. Right. 
the Lord told me one time, I was praying, and he said, you got to be very careful about what you say. And, 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 of course, I said, well, okay. But I said, why, Lord? He said, because you've developed your faith that you receive very quickly what you say. Amen. And faith works both ways. Thank you, Lord. And if you've highly developed your faith to receive things from God, then you are also highly developed to receive whatever you say. Amen. So, so, so what that means is when I say, I'm, I'm receiving such and such from God, that'll come quick. But if I start saying things are falling apart, nothing's going right, that'll start happening real quick. Amen. Because, because the same faith organ, if we can use it that way, the same faith organ that operates in the positive operates in the negative. Mark 11, 23 and 24 works for the devil too. Amen. Because you'll have whatever you say. And so the reason you want to exercise your faith is there are things that you don't have years to receive from God. There are things that God wants to bring into your life that you, you, don't, you may not have 20 more years to receive it. You got to exercise your faith and receive it quickly. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm receiving quickly. Oh, glory. Look at, look at Hebrews eleven twenty two. Am I helping you this morning? Hebrews eleven twenty two. By faith, Joseph, when he made mention or remembered the departing of the children of Israel, gave commandment concerning his bones. Mm. Genesis 50, 24 says that he took it, made the Israelites take an oath not to leave his bones in Egypt when they left. Now, wait a minute. How did he know that? Bible says by faith. And he knew it so certainly that he made them swear. You're not going to leave my bones here. Amen. Well, folks, this was hundreds of years before that happened. He saw this by faith made them make a promise to take his bones when they left so how do we become convinced number one realize that what God has promised is truth John 17 17 sanctify them through your word your word is truth Psalm 119 verse 142 I esteem all your precepts concerning all things to be right Amen. Amen. Psalm 19.9. All your precepts are truth. They're truth. Amen. When you know the word's truth, you're in faith. Amen. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, it says, and all of his promises are true. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. When you know the word's true, you've arrived to a place to be in faith. Now, here's the thing. Knowing the word is truth, no, notice the word. Knowing the word is truth. Not saying the word's truth. Amen. There are believers you know and I know if you said, is, is this truth? Well, yeah, it's a Bible. It's true. But is it true for you? Amen. This has to go from being the Bible to being God's word to you. Amen. Every, every Bible I, I break in, I write on the flyleaf, this is my Bible, this is God speaking to me. Amen. And I write in front of Genesis 1-1, dear Philip, and I write at the end of Revelation 22, love Jesus. Amen. This is my Bible, this is personal to me. Yeah. Amen. Now, why is that important? Because it's not just a holy book. There are people that study holy books. They study the Koran and they study other holy books and get nothing out of it. Why? You can't receive a promise from a lie. You just can't. There's only, there's only one book that's absolute truth and that's the Word of God. It's the only book that's absolute truth. Amen. Well, you know, they, they quote some of the Bible in that. Right, they have to have some truth to make the lie palatable. Every false religion has to have a little bit of truth 
so that, so that, so that people that know the truth might partake of it. Amen. But you, you can't get faith from a lie. Amen. That's why Allah, Muhammad, Allah is not another name for God. Allah is a false God. Allah, Muhammad, they'll never heal one person, never raise anybody from the dead, never deliver anybody because they're not real gods. They're, they're, they're fake. They're phony. There's only one God that calls things that be not as though they were, that gives life to the dead. And that's our God, Jehovah God, God Almighty. He's the only one that can produce faith in our lives. What, 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 why is that so important? Don't, don't get pulled over into a lot of positive thinking and just if I think positive and keep a good thought, things will turn out. No, people have died keeping a good thought. People have died thinking things will work out. I'll tell you who makes it. The person that makes the word truth and makes God their God. That's who makes it. That's who makes it. Amen. That's us. Woo! Number two, you, 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 when you realize that what God has promised is true, and number two, you realize God cannot lie. Amen. God cannot lie. Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. This is, this is so important. Because uh, he makes the statement. Paul writing to Titus, he, he makes this statement. And he says, uh, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God cannot lie. This is important. God cannot deceive. God cannot be deceptive. God never has an ulterior motive. I've heard people preach before and they say, well, you know, God had an ulterior motive here. And and that's wrong. God says what He says and means what He says. He cannot be deceptive. Some translations say God who never lies, who God who does not lie. Well, both of those translations could undermine your faith. And, And here's why. Because it leaves the thought that He could if He wanted to. Well, God doesn't lie. No, God can't lie. Oh, but pastor, you know, it's just semantics. It's just words. No, it's not. There's a big difference between God won't and God can't. Big difference. When you're believing for health in your body, you want to believe in somebody that won't lie or somebody that can't? Can't. Because I need to know that, right, it's impossible for God to lie. Amen. Hallelujah. God cannot lie. God cannot deceive. God cannot be deceptive. Cannot be. That's important. Because in in the fight of faith, you got to know God can't lie. And if this is what he said, right? That's what the scripture says. Has he said it? God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man, that he should repent. What does that mean? God doesn't lie. He'll never have to repent for lying. God cannot lie. Not the son of man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Shall he not do it? Has he promised? Shall he not make it stand firm? That's what the scripture says. Amen. And, and when, you, when you take time to learn how to fight the fight of faith, understanding how to fight the fight of faith, and you spend time meditating on this, God cannot lie. Amen. Amen. And then that, that, that begins to infiltrate everything you think. When it looks like this situation isn't going to change. No, no, wait a minute. God can't lie. Amen. That's when you'll sit down with your husband or your wife and you'll take their hand and say, now honey, God, God can't lie and God promised. Amen. 
See, when you read things like that in the Word, in hope of eternal life, which, uh, life which God that cannot lie promised. Now, wait a minute. Think about that. The Word's truth, and the Word is the promises of God. God which promised in the Word cannot lie. If God gives you a word through a person, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, utterance, some encouragement, and you know it was God. Now, understand, I'm not putting a man's word on par with the word, but here's what I, here's what I mean. If God gives it to you by the utterance of the Holy Spirit or the unction of the Holy Ghost, it is just as infallible. Amen. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? If, if somebody comes up to you and you know it's the Lord, and I'm telling you, you know it's God. And they say, this is what's going to happen. Or this is what the Lord's saying. Well, you didn't read it chapter and verse in the Word, but it's still God. God can't lie. He didn't lie through that person. He promised. Is that right? Amen. How many believe in God for family members to be saved, healed, delivered, right? I, I see a lot of hands. Praise God. Well, guess what? God promised. And God can't lie. God cannot lie. So, so what's the fight of faith there? You, you keep reminding God of His Word. Amen. 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 The, there are things that people... Uh, oh, Lord, i got to be done. Praise God. Why would you all let me preach so long? <laughs> Amen. But, but let, let me finish with this. There, there are things that people just want to make a good declaration over, a positive confession over, and they're not in faith. I was dealing with a young man one time that I, I met him in uh, uh, Alabama. I actually met him at Mac Gober's Canaan Land men's, men's group. I was down there, and uh, 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 he lived in Wichita. He had, he had went there. The court had sentenced him there uh, because he was uh, uh, addicted to different things. And, uh, uh, well, he left Max and, and went back to Wichita and, and, and didn't stay in the Word or, or never had the Word, whatever the case may be. And, and went back to his old lifestyle. Well, he got in all kinds of problems, all kind of mess. And one day I got a call from his dad. And he said, can, uh, called his name, can he come and, and uh, 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 can you help him? And I said, well, he can come. I said, but he's going to have to sleep in the back of the church because he's not coming to my house. He's going to have to sleep in the back of the church. And he's, he's got to do everything I ask him to do, everything I tell him to do, and we can help him. Well, he came. All right? He came. And uh, they, they were unloading his stuff in the, in the back sanctuary. And uh, he's kind of looking. He's, he's like, where am I going to sleep? I said, pick a corner, anywhere you want to. You got a sleeping bag and a pillow. I'll wake you up in the morning. Right? But here's, here's the thing. His grandmother was standing there. And uh, we were talking. And, and, and hear, hear what I'm saying. I'm not being ugly towards her. But here's what she said. She said, yeah. We, 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 uh, we took the tooth, teeth out of that dragon this time. We got it. And I was standing there, and I wouldn't do anything to hurt her or hurt her what she was saying. But that wasn't faith. Because he had choices to make. She couldn't just decide he's free. Is that a good confession? Yes. Is it a faith confession? No. Because he's got, he's got decisions to make. She's not the one addicted. Amen. Now, if he had come up to me and said, I believe I've got the victory. I, I believe we've won this thing. Well, that's something to grab a hold of and, and go with. You say, well, what happened? Well, the very next day he left. Because he didn't really want to be free. And he never really stayed free. You, you understand? And, and, and it cost him his marriage. And it cost him his family. Cost him his little girls, his little boy. Cost him his whole life. Had the most beautiful family I've ever seen. And I talked to him more than once and said, are you an idiot? You're throwing everything away. And everybody was trying to get it for him. 
And I was the only voice in his life saying, you got to get it for yourself. Nobody else can do this for you. You got everybody praying for you. Amen. And so you can make a good confession, but it's not necessarily a faith confession. And when you understand how to fight the fight of faith, you understand that you're making a declaration. Well, what do I do if somebody in my family's dealing with that and, and, you know, I'm declaring the word over them? Well, you're declaring the word over them. Lord, I thank you that even the captives of the mighty and the prey of the terrible will be taken away, but you will contend with them that contend with me and you'll save my children. Yes. Father, chasing them. Yes. People say, I don't want my child chasing. Yes, you do. Yes. You want them to come to the end of themselves. Yes. Father, let them see how miserable life is without you. Amen. See, that, that's a faith declaration. And Father, I'll stay out of your way, and I'll let you work. I'll stay out of your way, and I'll let you work. Amen. Do you believe that? Just, just raise your hands right now. Those people that you're believing for. I don't know who they are, exactly what you're believing. Maybe salvation, maybe healing. Maybe victory. Amen. But say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I know that you cannot lie. And I know your word's truth. And you have made promises to me about my family. And right now, I declare on the basis that your word's truth and you cannot lie. That my family member is saved, healed, restored, brought to a place of victory, and brought to a place of freedom. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I can tell you what you just did. You just started fighting the fight of faith. That's it. You've approached God on the basis of His Word, and it'll work. Amen? Well, stand up.